0: Hey, good morning. God bless you. This is Pastor Sean Strickland. You are my super cute husband, Pastor Edward Strickland, and we pastor Fellowship of Champions Church International, home of some of the most amazing partners in the entire world. We are so excited to have you this morning. You know what we want you to do. We want you to hashtag live and tell us where you're watching from. We want you to use this as social media evangelism outreach. We want you to share it on your Facebook page. We want you to put it in your story. If you're on YouTube, we want you to share it there as well. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube page, we encourage you to do that. Um, And just always as a reminder, if anything happens to social media, uh, to a social media when we're going live, you can always jump to YouTube. So We're super, super excited to be here. And if you're a first-time visitor, we want to hear from you this morning. We see people. Who do we see? We got Shantae live in Northwest Arkansas, Kristen Valley in Little Rock. Uh, We have um, just Nitra. I think she's in Arkansas. Um, We have so many wonderful partners from all over. We're super excited to see you all. We love you. We're excited to have you. We are thrilled. And it's just a few days for Thanksgiving. And so we have a lot to be thankful for. So if you have something to be thankful for, just give God some praise this morning just tell god thank you tell him how much you appreciate him tell him how much you value him tell him how much you adore him you know at the beginning of the um serve at the beginning of the recording we show the announcements but we got our special announcement that we want to give you this week that pastor everyone wants to talk about so i need everybody to tune in everybody lean in everybody you know tell your kids to hold on just a second don't be distracted for a minute man, listen, really check out this announcement because I think it's going to bless so many of you.
1: Thank you, Pastor Sean. Listen, you guys know that every single year uh, for the last several years, we have had an annual scholarship drive. uh, And that annual scholarship drive was always focused on uh, raising financial capital so that we could bless graduating high school uh, seniors, those that were in our church, Uh, we endeavored to give them a $10,000 scholarship uh, to help aid with their um, progression into higher education, whether that be a two-year, four-year, or even a trade school. Uh, And then uh, after uh, a couple of years, we actually expanded our scholarship offerings. Uh, When our dearly uh, beloved brother, um, Brother Young, passed, we created the James A. Young uh, Scholarship, uh memorial uh fund and what that does is it helps to uh continue to send kids to school who maybe don't go to our church uh and we've been able to bless uh several students to be able to do that uh this past year in july you may know that we raised over a hundred and fifty thousand dollars
0: i think everybody should um, just stop and say you want to that. give god some hundred and fifty thousand dollars in one in month one, in one Month in one month exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think, and that is for scholarships. Everybody, yell scholarships. Yeah, you ought to put that in the comments because I want you to because I think sometimes we can forget how much progress uh-huh. we made. Yeah. That was July, guys. That was July, of that this was year. July, and, yes. and for those of you who sold into that. You have a right of harvest and great progress. We just did that in July. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we can be so focused on the next thing that we don't always stop and go, wait a minute. The Lord empowered us. Through our own giving, yes. through the friends of other, the friends of the ministry, to to raise a hundred and fifty thousand dollars in one month. And we didn't sell. We didn't sell
1: anything. We, we didn't, didn't sell, sell anything. anything. We didn't do cookie dough. We didn't do gift wrap. We didn't do chocolates. All we did is ask people to hear God about what He would have them to do to partner with us, so that we could partner with Him, so that we could be a blessing to these young people
0: somebody say, thank you, Jesus, Mm -hmm. $150,000 in one month because of your generosity, because of your commitment to the vision, and because of your desire to see kids go to school and be able to stay in school and hopefully come out of school with less debt.
1: Absolutely amazing. Thank you for that. And if you remember um, the the Sunday that we did that I I shared with those who were in service that God wanted us to Uh, continue to expand our scholarship offerings and one of the things he had put on my heart and I had shared with everybody was a scholarship uh, called a second chance scholarship Uh, and I told you that before the end of the year uh, we would launch our second chance scholarship fund Uh, and I want to give you some details about how we're going to do that. Uh, it's just, it's just amazing that God will tell you something. And if you'll just sit with it long enough, he'll give you all the details. He'll work everything out for you. And so that's what he's done. And so many of you know, or maybe you don't know, and you, and I want to tell you that the first Tuesday every year after Thanksgiving, the first Tuesday after Thanksgiving in, at least within the United States, that is called our national giving day or a national day of giving It's called giving Tuesday. Uh, and last year, uh, we were, I admit we were a little rushed with giving Tuesday. We didn't get all of the things worked out. I'll own all of that. Uh, and several of you, uh, who's, you know, who would get, who, who got ready to give was like passed off. I forgot to give that Tuesday. I got busy. Um, and, and, and so it was a little, little, a little rushed, but this year we've got things worked out. We've got a plan and here's what we want to do. And I want you to hear me in the same way that you guys participated with, um, Operation Snowy Cookie. Uh, If you listen to Pastor Nitra's message last week, she gave us several key points. And one of her points was that you can go faster where you don't have to drag people with you. And so I'm not asking, I'm not dragging anybody with us for what we're going to do for our Second Chance Scholarship. But here's what I want us to do. We are going to raise, not we want to, we are going to raise $10,000 between now and November 30th. We're going to raise $10,000 as a seed for a second chance scholarship. Here's what you got to do. Many of you said you forgot last year. I understand. Not a problem. We have created within each of our giving sites, whether you give through PayPal, whether you give through PushPay, uh, whether you give through uh, Tively, or whether you give through, what's the other one? Uh, it's Tidally, PayPal, GiveLify. Uh, like I use all of our giving sites. <laughs> if you if you want to, even starting today, you can give toward Giving Tuesday. But here's my ask. Use the Giving Tuesday fund. OK, if you say, Pastor, I want to give it. I'm a give day so I don't forget on November 29th. because that's when Giving Tuesday is November 29th. You can go ahead and give today, you can give tomorrow, all the way up to the 29th, but please, please, please hear me, please, please hear me, use the fund, F-U-N-D, that says Giving Tuesday. We're going to raise $10,000 as a result of that, okay? And that's going to be our second chance scholarship. One of the things that we believe in is that a lot of people who end up being first generation college students... They don't always have the necessary supports that they need. Sometimes they go to school on scholarship. They lose that scholarship. They don't really know how to study. They don't know how to ask for help. Uh, Sometimes things happen and they have to leave school and they can't go back to school until they can at least pay that first semester. Mm -hmm. This Second Chance Scholarship is going to help people who can demonstrate to us that they are ready to go back to school, to make a change, to make a difference, to empower their life. And so I'm, I don't, I'm really excited because anytime that God gives us a vision to partner with him, to be a blessing to someone else, I jump on it. I jump at it. And so uh, here's, here's how easy it is. You can simply go to our website if you like. It's been updated. If you haven't seen our website lately, you should go to it anyway. You go to focchurch.com. Uh, when you go there, as soon as you scroll past the introduction page, you will see the information about the Second Chance Scholarship. You'll see the information about uh, Giving Tuesday. You'll see the dates there. You'll see the theme for this year. In fact, uh, there's a banner. You can go ahead and click that banner. There's a a Giving Tuesday banner in the announcement section that gives our theme. Our theme this year is giving for a change. Giving for a change. And so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give. Let me see if I can find that banner real quick if they can't find it. Uh where is it? Here it is.
0: Okay. Right there.
1: There it is. Nope. <laughs> Before, underneath it? There we go. All right. Given Tuesday, it is November the 29th. 2022. It is going to benefit the FOC Second Chance Scholarship Program. And again, our theme for this year is giving for a change. Not we're going to give for a change, but it's giving because we're going to help make a change, right? We're going to help make a change. So I'm just encouraging all of you, here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to prayerfully consider what you're going to give. You can give $20, you can give $50, you can give $100, you can give $500, or you can give $1,000. To kick it off, I am personally going to give one tenth of what we're trying to raise. I am personally going to give one thousand dollars. Now, the truth of the matter is, we probably got ten. We probably got ten people who could do the same. Probably, pro- probably nine other people. Okay, so we I'll got so Pastor is going to personally match it. So we got two. So it's probably eight other people who could do the same. But even if we don't have eight people to do it, if you just think about what that is, you know, it's ten people giving a thousand dollars. It's twenty people giving what five hundred. Is 40 people giving 250 or 80 people giving 125 We can knock this out. We can do this. This is an opportunity for us to not limit God. That's what we're preaching about today, right? Not limiting God. And let me just tell you, I'm, I'm, I want you to hear me. If you can give $20 and not think about it, that gift's too small. If you can give $50 and not even think about it or miss it, that gift is too small. If you can say, oh, I give a $100 right now, and I ain't never going to think about that again, that gift is too small. I want you to think about and ask God if it was you or your child who needed a second chance or someone you love who needed an opportunity to do something to help themselves change their life, what would you do? And, and, And I don't want you to say things like, well, man, I just don't have an extra $50. No, what I want you to do is I want you to pray and say, God, I thank you in advance for the $50 to give to the Second Chance Scholarship Fund. I thank you for the opportunity that I get to participate in Giving Tuesday. And if you will approach it with that mindset, I guarantee you that when we have refreshed Bible Study on the 30th, we'll be able to announce that we have raised our ten thousand dollars for the. Well, someone just system. sent a
0: message and said they got the third thousand. So now we so only we only seven thousand more, okay? We'll 7, and remember,
1: ten thousand is our minimum, okay? Stretch yourself, stretch yourself. We're we're, we're I, tell, I told Pastor Shun this. or oh, coming to church, we get up here and we preach these messages about thriving through adversity. We preach these messages about overcoming the storms. We preach these messages about not limiting God. Well, when you have the opportunity to put this word into practice, don't shrink back. Don't stop. Say, God, here's my opportunity to live out this word that I've been hearing week after week after week after week and participate with us and let's get this done. Amen.
0: Go. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's give God some praise in advance. We think it's already done. It's already settled. Let me tell you the one thing I have found out about God is that anytime God invites you to do something, he already knows what he's going to mm-hmm. do. Anytime God commands you to do something. um, I love what April said. She said, I believe we'll have $10,000 today. Amen. Let's knock it out today. Well, I'm giving
1: mine now while you're talking.
0: I want to ask a question right here quick, babe. So will the second chance scholarship be like if somebody wanted to be a massage therapist or a barber, or is it only for college? No,
1: it's whatever whatever the second chance can help them do to fulfill their own destiny. I love that. Yes.
0: I love that. So guys, listen, go ahead and give God some praise. Give God some Thanksgiving. We're gonna pray, and then we're gonna set you up for today's teaching. We're, we're this is a ministry. We're always talking about what well, walking in love, living by faith, and yeah. experiencing God's prosperity in every area of life, right? Yep. And so we are called to live as champions. Say, I am a champion. I am. A we champion. are called to live as a champion as a champion, and champions do things that other people don't do. Mm. And I was saying to you a couple of weeks ago when we were riding in the car, I was saying. There are a lot of people in the NBA and they are good players mm. and they make a lot of money but not everybody had the heart of a Kobe or a Michael Jordan. Right. There is some there are a lot of people in the in, in the body of Christ and they, and they they you know they're doing well, you know they they they're living better than other people but do you really have the heart in order to win? Do you have the heart to see the will of God done in Mm. the earth? Because people who want to be champions, people who see themselves as champions, they make different choices. Put that in the comments. Champions make different choices. Champions make different choices. And so because Pastor Edwin and I have spent the last two, over two decades concerned about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a part of our priority at home. Do you see what I'm saying? Guys, the kingdom of God is a part of our priority at home. Many of you, if you want to be champions, you think about this, you know, if you have ever listened, you know, to somebody like Michael Jordan tell his story, Kobe before his past tell his story. If you talk about the, if you listen to the people who were in relationship with them, they talk about how the mindset of a champion doesn't just stay on the field. It comes into the home. I think we read that LeBron spends a million dollars a year Mm -hmm. on his body to be able to maintain, to be a champion, right? We just saw that Tom Brady, basically their marriage ended because of his mindset around football and his ability to bring it into his home, right? As kingdom citizens, as believers, the kingdom should be a part of what's happening in our home. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? That means that we... Our priority for going to church, our priority for prayer, our priority for the word, our priority for sowing into the scholarship fund. That means at the beginning of the year in January, you should be saying, I know in July, my church has a scholarship fund Mm -hmm. in July. In January, I'm thinking about how I'm going to show up because people who want to go to the championship do not start in the playoffs getting ready. That's true. And so I'm really challenging you guys. I'm going to pray in just a second, but I want to challenge you, and then I'm going to set us up for what we're talking about because I think it's so important for you to understand that if you're going to live a no-limit life, if you're not going to limit God, if your progress is not going to have any end, any end, you must have a champion mentality, and champions make different mm-hmm. choices. Yes. Champions make different choices. I was watching something one time about some athlete, I don't remember who it was, and they were just talking about when everybody else would be going out, they didn't drink. They talked about how they didn't eat fried foods in the season when everybody else was doing all of these things. It was a younger player, so you would be like, "Oh, his body could take it, right?" Mm-hmm. But he was like, "I'm playing for the long game. I want to be able to be in this sport for an, for a long time, right?" Yep. And so Here's the thing, if we are committed to seeing the advancement of the kingdom, we want to see people saved, we want to see people delivered, we want to see people healed, we want to see people go to college, we want to see people get second chances, then we must live different. Tell your neighbor, say, I live different and I'm not ashamed.
1: I live different and I'm not
0: ashamed. I live different and I'm not ashamed. Mm -hmm. Let's pray right quick. Most gracious heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are so good to us. And we thank you that because of Jesus, we are more than conquerors. We thank you that through the Lord Jesus Christ, we have victory and that we are a people who embrace the victory that you have given us. And we walk it out by faith. Mm -hmm. We thank you that you are using Fellowship of Champions to be a billboard of your goodness throughout the earth. We thank you that we live a righteous lifestyle. We thank you that we live a generous lifestyle. We Thank you that we live a supernatural lifestyle that draws other people into the kingdom. We pray that you put the light on every partner, a friend, a fellowship, a champions, that our lives would be distinctly different than other people would say. What must I do to be okay. saved? And we thank you for it. Now, Holy Spirit, as we get into this word today, we need you to John 15 us. We need you to cut away everything that doesn't work. We need you to cut things so we can be more fruitful because our desire is to glorify God in Jesus' name. Amen. Come amen. on and give God some praise. Amen. amen. I really want to set you up for this not limiting God. Me and Pastor Elmore talking about this. I, um, I had the opportunity... To travel to maryland i want to say thank you to the inner circle and to the uh, foc virtual partners who met me there i appreciate that so much you don't have to take your time to travel when i'm on the east coast like that and i really do appreciate it but i had this opportunity the conference that i was at was called fearless faith which i thought tied in so well to not limiting god mm. Well, the other speakers who talked, they they talked about, you know, the things we see in scripture, you know, that you have muster seed of faith, the measure of faith. You have great faith. You have overcoming faith. These places that we can see in scripture. And I said, let me tell you something that I think a lot of people miss about faith. And if you're going to live a limitless life, if you're going to take the limits off God, this must be foundational for you. Faith is violent. Mm-hmm. Everybody put that in the comments. Faith is violent. What does faith say? Faith literally says, I so believe God. I refuse to accept the circumstances you have given me. You like that. I so believe God. I refuse to believe I must keep this disease in my body. Mm. I refuse to believe that my kids will not serve the Lord. I refuse to believe that I will be broke all of my life. Faith is violent. And I was saying to you that I think that one of the things that why we're such a great partnership, I remember this, it's funny, but it really helps people understand this. I remember we were dating and we were just talking about getting married. And we were having this conversation because one of the things in our relationship has always been, what would you do? What if so and so? Right. And I think if I remember correctly, it was about something because you used to really like Young and the Restless and somebody was stalking somebody on Young and the Restless. And we were like, what would you do if somebody was stalking you? Right. And we both said almost simultaneously, we stalk the stalker. Right. If you were stalking me. While you in the bushes looking at me, I'm in the bushes looking at you mm-hmm. like you stalked the stalker. And I believe that so many believers don't understand that faith is violent. Now, what Matthew says is says, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of God suffereth violent mm-hmm. and the violent take it by force. And I think that maybe sometimes what people miss that we're trying to build in them. We're trying to develop in you the mentality that even when things don't look like what God said, that's when your faith becomes more vibrant. The Bible says that when we get in the word, the Bible says that we should hold on to the word like Flint, a modern day set our faces like Flint, Flint is a stone. So we should be unmovable when it comes to the things of God, Mm -hmm. right? But we would say in the modern days, you should have grab hold with pit bull tenacity. Mm -hmm. We know that if a pit bull locks down on something, you almost have to kill that pit bull in order to get that pit bull to release its grip. Many of you are too passive about the promises of God, which is why they do not come to pass. Mm -hmm. It is imperative for you to understand that there is no scenario where you choose to believe God and the enemy says, oh, Pastor Chris has chosen to believe God. We should just take all of our demonic toys and go home and let her walk into the process, into the promise. We need to understand. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and understand that the very moment That the devil becomes aware of a promise that God has made to us, that he is coming to see if he can steal the word from us. So when we're talking to you about growing up, we're talking to you because we understand that there is a battle that you will be in. One of the things I will say about this church, because we have an awesome man of God, can y'all give it up for our pastor, is that we get trained and equipped. At this church, we get trained and equipped. It is so important to you that we don't just say to people, this is your year of great progress, that we then spend a year teaching them how to make great progress. Mm -hmm. It is so important to you that we don't just say walk in love, that we spend time teaching you to walk by love. So this is a house of practical teaching, but that practical teaching is designed to get you supernatural results. The other day, Keyshawn was taught teaching in inner circle and she used to be in the Navy and she said something that I thought was so imperative for how Pastor Elwin trains us, how he makes sure that Ralph and I train you, how he makes sure that Nietzsche trains you because he wants us to be prepared for the battle. He wants us to be prepared for the battle and understand that if you prepare long enough, then certain things become instinctive. Mm -hmm. What are we trying to get you to? We're trying to get you to the point that it becomes instinctive to speak the word. It becomes instinctive to pray in the Holy Ghost. It becomes instinctive to sow a seed. It becomes instinctive. We're developing that God nature in you so that when trouble comes, you're not doing it as a second thought. You're doing it as your first thought because you so trained. Mm -hmm. But here's what Keyshawn said. Keyshawn said that that one of the principles of the Navy SEALs is that you do not rise to the occasion. You sink, S-I-N-K, to the level of your training. Mm -hmm. You do not rise to the occasion. You sink to the level of your training. Champions, I am telling you, you get first-class training here. You are equipped for any battle the enemy would ever bring to you. But you have to start that battle knowing that God has already given you the victory. And you have to make a decision to develop some mental fortitude that you don't cave in and quit. Now, years ago, I used to teach this message, and I think it fits in perfectly here. Faith is not for punks. Mm -hmm. You cannot be a faith punk. What does that mean? That means that if you are believing God for your level, for a new job, if you are believing God for a new job, if you got to apply 300 times, you apply 300 times because you already believe you have a new job. If you got to pray for your kids two years, you pray for two years because you believe it's already done. If you got to go to marriage counseling for a year and a half, you do it because you believe it's already done. And I feel like sometimes there is a disconnect. Hear me, everybody can thank God when things are going good. Mm -hmm. Everybody can talk about how faithful God is when everything is going good. Everybody can shout and do a sacrifice of praise when things are going good. But the real measure, of who you are and your development is what happens in trouble.
1: Well, and I think the thing that's so powerful about that is if you get a visual picture of sinking to your level of training, what it really speaks to is that your training is always greater than the situation. Because if you have to rise to the level of the situation, that means that you are beneath the situation. But if you literally sink, Down to the level of your training, then your training has been better than that situation. And I liken it to the idea, and everybody can get this. If you have been to any continuing education class or if you've taken any kind of professional development class, and you know, I recently finished a, a real estate class that I took. In that real estate class, we would cover two or three chapters a night. You know, it was very fast paced, it was in depth. And while I was in the class, I knew all the material, it all made sense to me. But when you go home and you go to sleep and you wake up and you work the next day and you get back to class and the professor asks you a question, you're like, oh, my God, I don't know. Just because you hear something is not training. It's not training. What is training? Training looks like an athletic event. When you, when you, when you tell a receiver, okay, here's your route. You need to run this route. Okay, he understands it, but can you now go out and practice it? That's the reason they make them run that that, that that route over and over and over and over and over and over again so that when the game is on the line and there's four seconds left to play and you've got to run that route perfectly because the other team is going to be blitzing your quarterback he's going to have to throw the ball before you ever get to where you where you're where you're going because he's thrown it to where you're supposed to be you have to sink to your level of training. Even with pressure in your face, you got to be able to do what you've been trained to do. And sometimes that's what, that is the thing I think I said to you this morning that disappoints me about, about individuals sometimes, and especially our partners who say, oh, I'm a partner of FOC. We preach an entire message about how you're going to thrive through the storm, and then a storm comes, and you fall apart. It's like, no, you are not sinking to your level of training. You have mentally ascended to this idea that you thrive through the storm. But when the storm came, you did like those guys doing the boat and you asking Jesus, do you not care that I perish now that we perish? Do you not care, God? And the reality of it is, is that, listen, your hardest, your hardest uh, situations are going to come in the training process. It's going to come in the training process. How do I know I'm being trained? Because I hear word and now I got to go out and live it. When those obstacles and those things, on, when I talk about don't limiting God, and we're talking about this giving Tuesday, and your mind says, well, I don't have anything extra to give. Don't limit God. Don't, don't say those. We talk about the words that come out of your mouth. What's the four things you got to tame? You got to tame your thoughts, right? You got to tame your tongue. You got to tame your temperament. You got to tame you your, tame your it's team. It's like, yo, don't sink back. To this, oh, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Sink to the level of training you received.
0: And so, okay, Arkansas fans, you're going to have to forgive me for a second. Forgive me. Know that I still love the Hogs. As you were talking, this is really what I saw. There was a time in Alabama's history where their second string was better than any other team's first string. Sure. So their practice was so intense that when they played other people, it was like, it was easier than their practice. Mm -hmm. I literally like, babe is our Nick Saban. I'll take that. He is (laughs) pushing us so hard in practice. Y'all forgive me, forgive me, go Hogs. He (laughs) is pushing us so hard in practice. He is challenging us to dig so deeply in our mindset to obey God in the small things every single day. And the goal is, why do, because I've been thinking about this, when people go, oh, Fellowship of Champions is such a tough church. It's such a deep church. Baby, our job is to make the training so tough for you that when the enemy shows up, you do what scripture says. Did you go, is this he that thought he was deceived? You, you, know, minute, what, wait, wait, what? you go, I read
1: in Numbers, Numbers told me, let God be God. He told me, do not limit God. Let him be who he going to be in my life. (laughs) Right.
0: And so it's so important, guys, that we understand that it is a gift. To have the kind of leader who says to us, listen, I'm going to push you harder than you want to be pushed because I know your capacity. I know what God has put in you. And I know that you're going to face a situation where it's not going to be, you're not going to have time to learn the no. route. You got to know it's the route. Be out of man. And you guys have got to get to the place. I thought you was going to say the word automotive, whatever, automaticity. Yep. Automaticity. I thought you were saying to say. You some of you want to you, some of you want to be um the star receiver hmm. but you don't want nobody to defend the route. Hmm. You you just you you want life to be in such a way that literally the quarterback just throws you the ball. And 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 God backs up everybody, every defender, and there is nobody trying to Bible stop you. But the Bible tells you you
1: have defenders, you have an adversary. But you have an
0: <laughs> adversary, and so we have got to grow up and say the reason I'm going to push myself. On Sundays, the reason I'm gonna push myself on Tuesdays, the reason I'm gonna push myself on Wednesdays, the reason I'm gonna push myself on Friday is so that when the real game shows up, the real game that's why the scripture says it's a light affliction. Mm -hmm. The Bible wants us to be so trained that when trouble comes, we don't say, Oh my god, this is so heavy, oh my god, this is so tough. We go, This is a light affliction, this money challenge, this health challenge mm-hmm. this this mental health challenge. Baby, this is a light affliction because I have been trained and I know what to do. And it's, what does that do? When you say it's a
1: light affliction, it automatically does something to your brain. Absolutely. It automatically does something to the chemicals and the cells that are being sent messages in your whole entire body. When you say this is a light affliction, it changes your perspective of things. When you change your perspective of things, instead of saying, oh my God, this is, this is so difficult, you say, oh, this is a light affliction. And your brain automatically starts figuring out ways and, he, and for us, hearing the Holy Spirit about how to do the next thing, we don't shut ourselves down. It's like you say all the time: if you say you can't, if you say I don't know how, then you
0: stop your brain from being able to exercise all the other options. All right, I want everybody to make this confession. Say, I'm equipped for victory. I'm equipped for victory. Because not limiting God, living a limitless life, surviving through, I mean, thriving through the 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 storm. All of that is about seeing yourself as a champion. Mm -hmm. There is nothing I can ever face that God has not equipped me for. And we got to tell everybody, I know I got y'all confessing a lot today, but I need you in the game. I need you to understand that life is going to happen life is not going to stop life but we dominate on, life life is not going to stop life i want you to hear me hear not. me clearly people are going to die yep. people are going to get sick yep. people that you love are going to go home to be yep. with the lord there are going to be you things preaching. that are going to happen that life you don't understand life is going to keep on life is keep on it's and you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna keep dominating
1: life And let's be honest sometimes life going life is going to like harder than it life before Yes. And you
0: got to be prepared for when life happens. And that is why you have to understand that when there are certain, you got to have some, you got to have some spiritual discernment to understand that when your man of God, your woman of God begins to say things like, we're thriving in a storm, you should start to say I'm looking for a storm. We understand this in the natural. We laugh about this every year. If they say it's about to be a big snow, everybody's going to go to the store. They're going to get some toilet tissue. They're going to get some bread. Some and eggs. Some eggs. And they're going to get some, some milk. <laughs> Why? Because they're preparing for the storm. Nobody, nobody is telling you nobody would be Nobody would know that there is a snowstorm coming and put on shorts and go sit at the lake. Some of you have to get some fortitude in you to be able to stand to say uh, one of the things um, Gloria Copeland says that I love. She said, if you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. If you're willing to stand forever, you won't have to stand very long. Understand this why is this so important guys y'all need to share this you need to share this with somebody i know we want to live in a world where everybody says to you turn and touch your neighbor you about to make you about to be a millionaire this year turn and touch your neighbor you about to get married this year all of this different stuff but you better understand that for every promise that god gives you the enemy's going to see if he can steal it from you so i wanted to share as we get into the teaching the teaching teaching part this is the pre-teaching Y'all being blessed today? I wanted to share that I told you last week that when you said we came back from the trip and you said you heard me complain and you weren't used to hearing me complain, I decided that was something I wanted to work out of my character. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, I didn't want to be a person who in pressure complaining was what I did, right? So what that, what that, what that showed me, what being delayed in the airport showed me was that that was another level of pressure I needed to experience so I could respond the right way. So everybody knows travel is not my favorite thing. When I got up on Friday morning and it was snowing, I purposed in my heart before I went to bed. I don't care how cold it is. You're not going to talk about how cold it is. You're not going to talk about the fact that you got to be at the airport early. You're not going to talk about a connection. What you're going to do is be thankful that you have the opportunity to be called by God to do work that you love. So when I'm coming back home yesterday, um, basically my first flight got delayed. So it looked like I was going to miss my second flight. Right. Mm-hmm. And I put in the message to you. I said, babe, I am working this thinking feeling cycle mm-hmm. because what I did not if you know me, you know, the idea that I'm on my way home. And now you go tell me I got to spend the night somewhere else. I was not having. And this is what I began to say on the plane for making the confession confession. I began to say, Lord, if this is a divine delay, I receive that in Jesus' name. If there's a reason you need me in this city tonight, I receive that in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I would like to go home if I can get home safely tonight, but what I'm not going to do is complain. Mm-hmm. I will not complain. And I was training. That's the training. It's a small thing. At the end of the day, you go, well, what's the big deal? Whether you complain, whether the flight is delayed or whether you got to spend the night. It's, it's not detrimental. It's not life or death. But understand this, my ability to notice for my for my coach, my pastor, my husband to point out this weakness about me. When pressure comes, you sink into complaining. And for me to say, I'm going to work on that. I'm gonna work on not complaining when pressure is on. how many of you want to take that challenge with me? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna work on not complaining when I'm hungry right. I'm not I'm gonna work on not complaining when I feel like I'm saying the same things to people over and over again. I'm gonna work on not complaining and this is what the Lord said to me He said if you will refuse to complain, you will be able to hear what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. If you will learn not to complain, how many of you can see that one of the ways we limit God is that we get we start complaining, we start murmuring, we start talking about we don't understand how this happened, how could this happen to us? When sometimes we should say, okay, God, what's going on
1: here? Well, and the thing that we miss and we know it, but this is why, this is when we talk about sinking to your level of training, Mm -hmm. we know that our words can bless us Or or our words can curse us. So what the enemy always seeks to do is to bring enough pressure that we self-sabotage ourselves. And whatever your pressure point is, for you, sometimes it's with traveling. And you were talking about complaining when things don't go right when you're traveling, right? For somebody else, it could be wanting to give to Giving Tuesday. For somebody else, it could be wanting to have a better relationship. For somebody else, it could be something on their job. Whatever your pressure point is. The enemy's going to show up, at hear me, every single time in that area. It may look a little different, but it's the same thing. The Bible says he has no new tricks under the sun. It's why the Bible says don't be ignorant of the adversary's devices, because whatever your pressure point is, that's what he's coming for. And if you allow him to apply enough pressure and you don't sink to your level of training, and sadly for a lot of the people in the body of Christ, they really, I'm just going to be honest, they ain't had any training. What they didn't have is a bunch of entertainment. But praise God, if you've been here at Fellowship of Champions for any length of time, you've had some training. Then if you will sink to your level of training that says, I don't use my mouth to curse myself. If I, use, Ooh, sink, if I sink to my level of training that says, this is but a light of friction. If, if I sink to my level of training that says even if I miss the flight and have to spend the night in this city, I know God's working it out for my good. If you will sink to your level of training in every situation, the enemy will wear himself out trying
0: to wear you out. Now, I need you to did you, y'all grab hold of that. I will not use my mouth to curse myself. I won't. I will not use my mouth to curse my situation. I will not use my mouth to curse what God is doing in my life. Mm-hmm. I was laying in bed last night because I made it home, praise the Lord. And I made it home because the lady said that when she saw there was a connected flight, she said she would hold it a few more minutes.
1: Here's the thing. God already knew what he was going to do. He wanted to see what she was going to say. Because I can I can guarantee you that if you would been complaining on that plane, me, I ain't going to make it. I can't believe I got to do it, blah, blah, blah. they have shut that gate. You would have never made it home. Some, I mean, of you, some of you yeah. are so close to your own, you're so close to the thing you want, but you keep you keep uh, uh, nullifying it with the words out of your mouth. Because you won't sink to your level of training. You've been trained not to use your mouth against you.
0: How many, when you saw that, I just saw that. How many of us are shutting the gate to our next level? hmm which should take us to our next limit. Now we've been teaching, God doesn't want us, God wants our progress to have no end, right? How many of us can say right now that this is a grow up training? This is like a team meeting. This is a team meeting that says, guys, we're getting ready to head into the championship Mm -hmm. for this year. And everybody needs to be mentally ready for the championship, It's some distractions we need to get rid of, but how many of us can acknowledge that our desire to vent it out, to say whatever we want to say is the reason that gates are closing in our life. You haven't that time. Because your mouth is an open gate, you're closing gates. Mm. Because your mouth is an open gate, you're closing gates. Mm-hmm. Because you keep speaking about what's happening at your company, you keep closing the gate for your promotion. Mm. Because you keep speaking about what's Come happening on. in your family, you keep closing closing the gate to restoration. Man, I feel God on this right here. Champions live different. Champions talk differently. Here's a great example of this right here. I'm going to let you tell the story, but it's a great example, but you know the story. It's from the Kelly Rowland interview. Oh, yes. It's what she yes. says about yes. herself. Yes. Use, yes. That, use that as an example. Well, I mean, I'm sure some of, you, some of you probably saw it, and
1: those who didn't, you probably will. But basically, Kelly Rowland was doing an interview, and the guy who was doing the interview just kept on going on and on and on um, about her basically being, and and I don't want to be rude, but basically he was saying like being second fiddle to Beyonce. Uh, and Kelly was very gracious and she listened to what he had to say, but at the end of the day, he said something to her to the effect of, you know, you just handle it with such grace, you know, just knowing that you were, you were second to, uh, this, this, this world superstar. And I just love what she said, She, because she, he said you he said, having a best friend who was a world superstar. And she said, yes, but be clear, she had a best friend who was a superstar. And I thought, that's exactly right. You don't let someone else come and try to put you down because you can be great and somebody else can be great and y'all can be great together. And that's basically what Kelly was doing. And she did it in a very nice way very very gracious way but she basically ran him and said listen don't try to say that I was second fiddle to beyonce we were a group together if it hadn't have been a beyonce it wouldn't have been a group but be clear if it hadn't have been a kelly it wouldn't have been a group and that's and, and i just i like that mentality because as a champion a champion says i'm able to recognize
0: someone else's greatness but also understand when i show up there's greatness showing up as well amen amen And as a believer, what I will not do is exalt the greatness of the devil. Right. Come on, guys. I will not exalt the greatness of the devil. We talk about this. One of the reasons that I don't like testimony services is because so many testimony services only give credence to the devil.
1: Because we don't really know how to testify. What we do is talk about problems. A testimony goes something like this. I was sick but the Lord healed me and delivered me. Now I'm set free. I'm out here blessing. You spend more of your time talking about what God did than what the devil did. This ain't the time to put the, to, to put the
0: devil on the pedestal. It's the opportunity to exemplify and glorify God. Because our testimony should sound like this. He tried it, but God. Mm-hmm. But God. He tried it, but God. Like and, I, and and why is this so important to me right here? Numbers 11 and 23 in mm-hmm. the easy reading version, it mm-hmm. says, but the Lord said to Moses, don't limit my power. Th- that's a whole message right there. Don't limit my power. You will see that I can do what I say I can do. But if you read the context of this story only a small portion of that group make it into yeah, the promised yeah, land yeah. because when because God is saying to them this is your land take this land he and and, and they sent out these spies and these spies come back and ten of the spies are like they got giants over there they got this over there They got that over there. Many of you got to break up with being like the 10 spies. I can't get a promotion because I'm a black woman. I can't get a raise because they say they don't give raises. I can't get a house because of interest rates. I can't do this because of this. You got to be like Joshua and Caleb and say, let us get up. We can take the land. Mm -hmm. The only way that you are going to see the limitless power of God is that you have to act in faith. You have to be willing to Go as far as your faith will take you. You know, we were talking this morning on the ride over and we were just saying how so many
1: people get mad at God. So many people get upset that God hasn't done this particular thing for them or God hasn't done that particular thing for them or God's not moving fast enough for them. And that's kind of how the children of Israel were. Here they were, God had rescued them and took them out of Egypt he had them in a place. He was providing for them. He was giving them uh, manna from heaven. They were complaining about meat and and, 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 and and wondering whether God could do what he said he could do because they said, we want meat. And God said, okay, I'll give you meat. And they said, where are you <laughs> going to get meat from, God? Now you ask God for something. God says he's going to do it. Then you start questioning God about how he going to do it. That was like, if we had enough cattle and you slaughtered them all, if you got all the fish out of the sea, how would you feed all of us? And sometimes we do the very same. This the very same thing. And that's why God was saying to Moses, He was saying, Listen, don't limit my power. Don't limit my You're power. You're asking God for something. God says, Okay, I'll do it for you, Brenda. I'll do it for you, Courtney. I'll do it for you, Don. I'll do it for you, Larissa. I'll do it for you, Latonya I'll do these things for you. But then we have the propensity sometimes to then go, but God, how you gonna do that? What all he asking is for you not to limit his power. And if you don't limit his power, you can do the second part of that, which it says, Let me be God and see what I can do.
0: You know what I think is really interesting? Many times, if God explained it to us, we still wouldn't understand. Right. It. If God literally said to you, This is what I'm going to do right here, you'd be like, No way, God. Right. Ain't no way you can pull that off. So, how about so you just-
1: use your mouth to tell the God of the universe what can't be done? Now think about now think about now
0: that, what, what sense that means. Now how many of you, because this is what training does, I look at my life because I think you said something that is so good. You cannot get victory simply because you get on these lives and go, "Amen, no. those these my pastors, I show you love my pastors. We let me hear, I want you to hear me. We are so incredibly gracious, grateful. For the gracious partners we have Mm -hmm. that love us so much. But I need you to hear me. You will not win battles just because you love us. You must do what we are telling you to do. And you must understand, like in any good training. There are going to be some times that you like, a good trainer is going to be like, we can run one more rep. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about it. I played basketball, not very well, but I played. But at the end, when we would be exhausted, the coach would say, if you can hit 10 free throws, you can end practice, right? What was he trying to teach us? He was trying to teach us that you got to not just be to hit free throws when your legs are good. Right. You got to be able to hit free throws when your legs are tired. You, we've got to all grow up. So that even when our legs are tired, even when we're winded, even when we seem like it seems like the pressure is coming from every place that we still trust God to be who Mm -hmm. he is. And I really believe that we're in a season where we have got to learn to live the way um, the writer said when he said it was the best of times and it was the worst of times. Meaning that there are going to be things in your life for those of us who love God. You're going to be seeing so much increase, so much favor, so many things going on. And you're also going to be seeing these things in the world, these things that are happening. And what are you going to do then? Are you going to speak and say, I believe God? I believe God is at work. God, I want to help you with this. Or are you going to say, oh my God, the world is so horrible. Everything is so horrible. My family is so horrible. My job is so horrible. My finances are so horrible. And understand It was that kind of wording. It was that kind of recklessness that kept the children of Israel from going to a land that God has prepared.
1: The question is, am I going to sink to my level of training? Am I going to sink? And what's my my level level of training? training. First John five and four says, for whatsoever is born of God does what? Overcometh the world. So even if it's the best of times and the worst of times, I can be living in a world that's the worst of times and still be experiencing what? The best. (laughs) The best of times. Why? Because God says, whatsoever is born of God God. does what? Overcomes the world. world. It says, and this is the victory that overcometh the world. What is that victory? Our faith. Our faith is what overcomes the world. So my faith has to be practiced. It has to be developed. Just because I, and we say this all the time, just because you say you're a person of faith or just because you go to a faith church, that doesn't make you a faith person. It, you, you will become a faith, a faith person because you let faith have her perfect work in you. And, 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 and you and you walk out the. Pro- we say this all the time that every promise, every principle, and every prophecy, there's a what a, a faith, faith process. process.
0: There's a faith process. So
1: even though we've overcome the world, we still have to go through what the, the faith process. process. We, we have still got to gotta go. We through walk
0: it. out the process by faith. Yes. And we have to understand these things. Um. That like, how do we believe God daily? When we believe God for a parking space. That's believing God mm-hmm. daily. When we believe God to be a blessing, to sow a seed daily, that's believing God. When we believe God, which store should we go to? Where is the toilet tissue, right? All of those are way... So, so true story. So
1: I, I t- for whatever reason, a large part of my adult life until like maybe the last decade, I tended to lean more pessimistic. Hmm. And when I made the decision and understood that I didn't have to be that way, because sometimes you think, well, oh, that's just how I am. I was made that way. Well, no, experiences, things that you've seen, things that you believe that's been spoken to you uh, through untrue. those things shape you. And so nobody is born of God and is pessimistic. Come on. And so when I started to make that change, here's, how, here's what my faith looked like. I'm going to have a good day today. Now, I know that sounds simple to some people, but that was that was me training myself. Because if I can train myself to have a good day, if I can train myself not to say 10 negative things today, and then you start, because you were talking about training yourself in day-to-day faith. A lot of people won't fail. I won't fail and believe I lay hands and, and cancer leaves immediately. Can you believe that you can get through the day without being mad at everybody at your job? Can, can, you, can, you get, can, can you develop that level of faith? Because the Bible says that we go from what? Faith, faith, to faith to faith. So you don't get laying on hand delivering cancer faith when you can't make it to till, till lunch without having to cuss somebody out at work because they done got on your nerve. Can you begin to develop the faith that says, Lord, I thank you that I have the fruit of the spirit. I thank you that I have long suffering. I thank you that I have temperance. I thank you that I have joy. I thank you that I have peace. I thank you that I have meekness. Can can you, I thank you that I have hope. Can you get, can you develop that level of faith first? It it would be like asking, um, you know, son, Agenham, they won the championship,
0: right? They did. And
1: that's that's great. They won a championship. They can't beat Alabama today. So why would you ask them to play? Well, they won a championship. They didn't play Alabama. They didn't play the New England Patriots. They play other people on a level. And you got to get your faith developed on one level, come on somebody, before you go to the next level. And that's what this training is all about. That's why we ask you to show up on Tuesdays. It's why we ask you to show up on Mondays to Strategies for Success. It's why we ask you to show up on Wednesdays. Why we ask you to show up on Fridays. Why we ask you to show up on Sundays. Why? Because we feel like if you will come, we can train you, but then you have to go practice. You got to go practice. And sometimes in practice, babe, guess what? You miss it. You miss it. But you don't then walk off the field and go, I'm not ever going to practice again. What do you do? You come back the next time and you run the route again. You run the play again. You, you run the scenario over until you become so proficient at it till you become so good at understanding what this Faith process is like that when the enemy throws something at you, it didn't throw you all off kilter. You're just walking this faith process out because you've done it so many times before.
0: So I want to bring up a scripture because I think it, you you spoke earlier about people getting mad at God when things don't go their way. Mm-hmm. In Romans 8, it tells us all things work together. Work together. How? It don't, it don't say work together to get whatever you want. Right. That's not what it says. It says, all things work together for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, Mm -hmm. right? Here is where I think we have this jacked up. We think when God is working something, he is only working it with us. Mm -hmm. And we don't understand that there are things that God is working in us because it's not just for us. I mean,
1: we say all the time. So then
0: what we do is we go why would God let me walk through this? Well first of all the Bible says that God uses the tragedies and the trials of the enemy to develop us. Mm-hmm. So the enemy throws some, and this is why people get confused and this is why people think God is doing certain things to them. Really what God is so good at doing is that he looks at the enemy's plan the bible says he knows the smith and the blower Mm -hmm. this is why the weapon doesn't work Mm -hmm. he says the enemy's going to hit sheila with x Mm. i'm going to use his hit against her to help her develop in an area that she's weak when you come out of the testimony you be thinking God hit you with it. He's just so good at using what the enemy threw at you to make you stronger that it looks like he gave it to you. He never gave it to you. If you go back to the Garden of Eden, that was never his desire. That was never his will. So we got to get to this point because the reason people get mad at God, the reason people get upset with God, I believe that this is the best way I know how to explain it. There may, may be a better way. Um, You can't predict a miracle. You don't know when a miracle's gonna come. Nope. If somebody just walks up to you right now, gives you a hundred thousand dollars to pay off your house. You can't predict that. You cannot, you can tell me I can't expect that, but you can't guarantee that, right? But when I had to learn how to use my faith to believe God for the money to pay the house off, I can now keep teach Kim Dennis to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't understand that what we get the victory in, we can give away. That's
1: why we say all the time, God wants to do something in you. He wants to do something through you, and then he wants to do something for for you. you. But we always want it to be the other way. God do something for me first. Then God do something through me, and then do something in me. And do something
0: something in me as long as it don't challenge the way I (laughs) want to be.
1: Right. right, As long
0: as it doesn't challenge the way I want to be. I want you to do something in me, but don't challenge the way that I want to be. Right. And, I, and that's because too many believers, they see, and I said this
1: hey you know, Bishop. They, they, they say this this way. But, well, they don't say it, but this is what they mean. God is really just a means to my end. Come on. In, in other words, if God can't get me what I need,
0: I don't need God, then why do
1: I need God? And that and that has become the problem with with evangelical Christianity in America we see god as a tool for us rather than us being a tool
0: for god's goodness across the world and that's the problem and that's what's got to get fixed we and and i said that here is the thing and if you if you grew up in the 70s you're probably going to make this distinction if you grew up going to church in the 70s they told us we needed a savior cuz we were sinners
1: mm, yeah
0: And that if we did not accept Jesus (laughs) as the appropriation for our sins, we was gonna bust hell wide open. Yes. (laughs) Something came along, and the message for salvation just became Jesus loved you, and Jesus does love you. That's not what I'm saying. But when you teach a people that it's only about Jesus loving them and that they're not sinners who need a conversion then they want to accept Jesus's love and stay the same. Mm -hmm. And so then you're like, how dare? I told God I wanted to get married this year. How dare God not give Mm -hmm. me a husband? You know what? I'm going to go out and pick whoever I want because how dare God not give me the thing I think I want? And that is really the thing we have to begin to fix God is not our means to an end. He is the prize. Yes. Listen, I, I said to yes. you on the way over yes. here. He I said, let price. me tell you something. The greatest thing any of us needed was the payment for our sins. Mm-hmm. What we never want to do is have to stand before God and try to pay the price for our own sin because we cannot. Anything else God does, money, healing, deliverance, mm-hmm. Anything else God does, it's a benefit package. But I need to understand that the whole point of conversion says I don't belong to myself anymore. That's it. I don't belong to myself. And we have so many.
1: Listen,
0: the only reason, and and I know people don't like this and you get upset, but I don't care because you need to hear it. If you get mad at God, For not doing things your way. You think you are God. Mm. You think that God is the power source. That is there to serve your purpose not you there to serve his purpose. If you get mad at God, and I don't care what you believe in for. If you're like, I really wanted a house this year. I really want an ex this year. I really wanted to be, I thought I would be married by now. I thought I would have had a baby by now. All of this stuff. If you believe that you have the right to demand that God moves on your schedule where you are twisted in the brain is that you think you are the God and he was created to serve you. Mm.
1: You've exalted yourself above above, above El Elyon. You have exalted yourself
0: above El Elyon. But even this speaks to how merciful he is. When the enemy is tempted to exalt himself, he was banned from his presence. Mm -hmm. God loves us so much that when we do that, he just keeps disciplining, keeps instructing, keep sending teaching. Many of us, we're aggravated with God because God didn't do it our way as though God is obligated to do anything our way. And we need to understand this. There are things that God will let you get away with when you a young believer. Sure. There are sure. things that God, there's just like there are things you let your young kids get away with and you're training them, but your 16 year old kid, your 20 year old kid can't do that. Right. That's not acceptable. Right. And I and, and to me, it's really that he was thinking to he was talking to me about um, about travel, right? Mm-hmm. And he said to me when I started to travel in this court, right? He said I understand that you don't prefer to travel. He said it is a part of your assignment. Mm-hmm. He said, and now I need you to grow up in your response when it's time to travel. And he said to me, you need to treat your travel as worship to me Mm -hmm. because I am sending you on a sign. We don't know how to treat the thing that's hard for us to do as worship to God. Well,
1: because the point of mastery always begins with instruction. So in order for you to master this idea that Travel is worship Mm. because God asked me to do it. Mm -hmm. He's got to instruct you in. Come on. And then once he instructs you, it then becomes your responsibility to study it and become proficient. God doesn't come down and shake. Now he could, but praise God, that's just not how he works. He doesn't come down and shake us and make us do something and make us learn how to do it. He says, son, daughter. Here is the way mm. and he will instruct you and watch this. God can handle your lack of comprehension because the Bible, says the Bible says if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God and God will give to him liberally and unabraid. So if God gives you an instruction, then you can even go to God and say, God, I don't understand. God, can you help me to, can you show me how I'm supposed to do this? But if you come to him with the right heart, God will give you wisdom on top of the instruction that he's giving you. But at the end of the day, it's still your job to walk it out, to become proficient in it. And that's what we got to get people to understand. Yes, God can give you wisdom. Yes, God can give you instruction, but you got to partner with him because it doesn't become proficient in your life until you do it. Love your neighbor is an instruction. How do I actually love my neighbor? I got to practice it. I got to practice it. And I don't practice it on the people that I already love. I don't practice it on the people I want to spend time with. I don't practice it on people who I already get along with. No, I got to practice it on that joker who I can't stand. I got to practice it on that sister who when I see her coming, I want to walk the other way. Why? Because God's given me the instruction and he's given me the wisdom. But the only way I become proficient in it is that I walk it out. Because every promise, every principle, and every prophecy always has a faith process attached to it.
0: Amen. Listen, we got Bishop um, Banks on here this morning, great Apostle Bishop Banks, and he said we're doing a good teaching. So praise really God! Lovely. Thank you. So, listen, we're gonna as we get ready to give this morning, we're gonna stop right here. We want to ask him just anybody: Do you have any questions on the practical way? To walk this out. Is there something we can help you with in this last few minutes that you're like, I I need help with this scenario. I need understanding in this area. I'm not sure what you said about this, because what you just said to us, babe, is that God is going to give us instructions. Sometimes the instructions come directly from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes the instructions come from our leaders, right? So if you don't have clarity and Sometimes in this it story.
1: comes from simply studying God's word. Amen. I cannot Amen. stress that enough. I know we live in this new generation and this new dispensation of everybody walking around with, with their Bible on their phone and on their computer and iPad. And that's fine. That's fine. But you got to read it. You got to read it. You got to read the word. And I, th- there is no substitution for studying the word of God. Amen. I know people want to live by revelation. They want somebody to prophesy to them. They want somebody to tell them what God, what thus saith the Lord. I have no problem with any of that, but there is no substitution for being a student of the word of God. In your study of the word of God, God will give you insight and revelation that that is so on spot for what you're going through It'll seem like he wrote that just for you. Right. (laughs) But you got to study the word. You
0: got to study the word, right? right? So does anybody have any questions? Don't forget, we're believing God for a big turnout. Somebody just put the next thousand. So we have $4,000 for giving Tuesday.
1: Yeah. And let me just say one more time. We are getting ready to sow our first seed into the second chance scholarship fund. The way we're going to do that is by participating in Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday, the actual day is November the 29th. It's not this Tuesday, but the Tuesday after. However, we want to make sure that nobody forgets. So we took the time to set up in each of the funds Push Pay, Giblify tithely, and if you're overseas and you're in part of uh, a part of our overseas ministry, you can give through PayPal. All we ask is that you make sure you click the fund, F-U-N-D, that says Giving Tuesday, okay? You can give it today, and it'll count for Giving Tuesday. I, right when we got started, I gave mine. I'm going to give some more, okay? But we are going to raise no less than Hear me, no. So put put no less than in the no comment section. Than. We are going to raise no less than ten thousand dollars between now and Tuesday at eleven fifty nine point fifty nine on the 29th. And that ten thousand dollars is going to start the seed of our second our second external scholarship fund. So we will have three scholarship funds going. We we'll have the Fellowship of Champions Academic and Leader Scholarship. It's a $10,000 scholarship that we give to students. We'll have the James A. Young Memorial Scholarship that we give. That's a total of $4,000 that we give to students. And then we're going to start the fund for our second chance scholarship fund. And that fund is going to be for individuals, and we talked about this, who need a second chance. They need the opportunity to go back to school, whether that's college college. Whether that's a uh, a trade school, whether that's uh, some kind of technical training, but people who who were first generation students who may have went to college but they didn't have the resources, and you know maybe they flunked out, maybe maybe they didn't, maybe they had problems at home, and 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 we know that especially for those that are black and brown, that if you're a first generation college student, sometimes you're the one who go off to college and still sending money back home. You're using your financial aid to send money back home because mama needs to make rent, you know, and there's just a lot of pressure on people or uh, when they're first generation college students. And God's put us in a position that we can help. And so we're gonna partner with God and we're gonna do that. And we're not gonna limit God, right? If you can give 20 and that's easy, that ain't the gift. If you can give 50 and that's easy, that ain't the gift. If you can give a hundred or five hundred or a thousand and it's easy, that ain't the gift. I want you to ask God what you should give. And even if that number scares you, don't you talk yourself out of it. You just believe God for it. You just, I'm not telling you to go and charge it on a credit card. I'm not telling you to go and sell something. I'm saying listen to God and practice what we're talking about when you say, okay, God, you want me to give $500? Show me how. Show me how. Show me how. Don't me just how. jump out there and do something. God, show me how and watch and see what God will do. No less than $10,000 by, by the Tuesday after next.
0: Um, I'm going to make a plug for the fire experience, but I want to say this right quick. Do you know something God said to me yesterday? I haven't even had a chance to tell you this. What's that? He said, the tithe is how you prove me. Seed is how I prove you.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: He said, the tithe is how you prove me. You prove that I will open the windows of heaven. You prove that I will pour out a blessing. You prove that I will rebuke the devourer, so your mind does not cast its fruit okay. before its time. He said, "But the seed is how I prove you. How it's how you prove to me that you can be trusted Ooh. with more." And I thought, man, isn't that just like God that everything is covered? Mm. He says, "I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you for ten percent, so you can prove me. Mm-hmm. But then I'm gonna ask you for seed, so you can prove you." Amen. And he says, "And the more faith." For well, you are in seed because the tithe is his. Yeah, it belongs to him. The tithe belongs yeah. to him. Everything is covenant, right? So he's like, the more consistent nature is with my ability to speak to her in an instant, whether it's that she is going to give to a homeless person, whether she's going to give yeah. to a food yeah. bank, yeah. what yeah. she's going to give to yeah. a scholarship. Yeah. Every time she passes that test, yeah. heaven releases more to her to distribute. It's the stewardship principle of scripture. It is the stewardship. So tithe, we prove him. Mm -hmm. Tithe is where he says he rebukes the devourer for our sake. Mm. But C, is where we prove we can be trusted. It's where we prove that we are ready for a transfer of wealth. It is where we prove that we can be trusted with kingdom resources. It is a covenant relationship. Somebody
1: said, I can be trusted. But
0: here is the beautiful thing. He says, if you tie, I give seed to the Mm sower. He says, so I'm not even asking you to go get money. Mm -hmm. I'm asking you to ask me for money so I can give you money so you can have seed (laughs) and bread. Seed and bread. So, but when we join the tie and the offering together, guys, this is what we're guaranteed. Seed, bread, and protection. Mm -hmm. Whatever needs to be protected, I love seed, it. bread, protection. Seed, I got seed in the ground so I can always that have a harvest. Nice. Bread, that is every charity, that is all grace. Whatever I need, whether I need food, whether I need a vacation, whether I need scholarship money, whether I need my kids broken through. And then protection, because he says, what I begin to do is that God begins to have a vested interest in protecting your resources when your resources are used for his agenda. I love it. He has a vested interest in saying, I can't let um, Everett and Amy be broke. I can't I got to protect them because I love them and they've shown that they love me and they care about my people. Mm -hmm. And so understand this. That when we're giving, whether it's a scholarship, whether we're keeping somebody in their apartment, whether we're helping a kid get glasses, understand that 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 is your opportunity to say to God, you can trust me with more of mm-hmm. heaven's resources.
1: You know, I think about that Old Testament scripture that says for the eyes of the Lord run throughout the earth to strength to, to strengthen and search for those whose heart is fully dedicated toward him. God's looking for somebody to partner with. God is looking for somebody to partner with. God wants to partner with. You. God is saying, hey, I'm going to do something great in the earth. I'm
0: going to do something. That's what he's saying. God is saying, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do something, something great. great in the earth.
1: Anybody want to partner with me? Me. I want to be, I want in. Anybody want to do something with me? And, and, and that's and that's how you do it. Remember, our theme for this year is giving for a change giving change. For, for giving tuesday that's our thing giving for change so we listen we'll come back we're not through with we don't limit god we're going to be talking about this for uh, another couple of weeks but i want you to stretch this week i want you to think about i want you to sink to your level of training don't complain don't get out of love don't get in fear don't think about shortage. Rush. I, I know Christmas is coming up. Don't be overwhelmed about what I'm gonna do about this, and then passing them asking for Giving Tuesday. And I st- and listen, you don't sub. Let me just say this because sometimes you have to tell people this. You don't substitute your tithe for Giving Tuesday. Okay, your tithe. We just you just talked about that. It belongs to God. You still give your tithe to your tithe. You give your offering to your offering. Okay, Giving Tuesday. Is that above and beyond thing. It's a thing that you can stretch for. It's a thing you can believe God for. Amen?
0: Amen? Amen. So I just want to make this push for the FIRE Conference. The registration for the FIRE Conference is still open. And I was so blessed. Um, my friend, um, Pastor Kimberly Locke, that I usually go to her conference in Milwaukee, sent me a message yesterday. And she had told me that she wasn't going to be able to come to the conference because her daughter had something. And she said, you know what? I have been thinking. And so I found somebody in my church who wanted to come to the fire experience. Mm. I'm paying for their registration in their hotel. And I was like, man, that just she was like, because somebody from our church need to be a part of what's happening at the fire experience, even though I can't be there. Mm. And I just want to tell you guys, the fire experience is going to be fire. It's going to be fire. It's going to be life-changing. People are going to get healed. People are going to get delivered. There's going to be financial breakthrough. We're going to grow up. It is a perfect setup than the huddle on the 11th. It is the perfect setup to go into the Christmas season and the perfect season to get ready to kick off 2023, to start off running, to start off on fire, and to be ready to take have a year like you have never had. Amen. So... God bless y'all. Is this church for you? Be a virtual partner. Yep. You should be a part of FOC. We love you guys so much. And I just want you to remember this this week. When you feel like there may be some moments where you feel like we're being tough on you, where you feel like there's always some pruning and that's always some instruction.
1: Because there always you will be. Because
0: there always will <laughs> let's, be.
1: Let's not, let's not sugarcoat it. There always will be. There
0: always will be. <laughs> but I want you to understand from the bottom of our hearts that our desire It's to see you emerge in victory. Amen. And no matter what the enemy throws in you, it is to see you walk out the victory and get the testimony and get the spoils that Jesus has gotten Mm -hmm. for you. So I just want to encourage you when you go, oh my God, you know, I don't know if I want to get on and hear this correction. I don't know if I want to do this. I don't want to do that. No, no, no. We want to see you win and understand this. Our desire to see you win. (laughs) Our desire to see you win. Comes from the Father's heart for you. Mm -hmm. This is the Father's heart for you. He wants to see you perfected in the image of Christ and he wants to see you win in life. I want you to put this in the comments as we close. Say, make me a billboard of your goodness.
1: Mm -hmm. Make me a billboard billboard of billboard
0: of your goodness. Make me a billboard of your goodness. We love you guys. We appreciate you so much. We want you to have an amazing day be at all of the events this week. Watch the replay if you if you can't attend live. Get ready for the um um the virtual um Tuesday giving what's it called
1: giving Tuesday
0: giving Tuesday i knew that wasn't quite right and then invite some of your friends to give too and we're gonna do this and we're gonna see great things in Jesus' name.
1: And even right now there should already be a uh, announcement in the Fellowship of Champions Covenant uh, Facebook page group, and also the Fellowship of Champions main group. You can simply copy that uh, and, and, and share it with your friends. Lots of people are going to be giving on Giving Tuesday. Give them a reason to give to something you believe in. But if you don't say nothing, they won't know. Uh, it's great for you to give, uh, but there's there's power when we get uh, community around this, when we get community going together. Okay. All right. So we love you guys. Uh, there are multiple ways to give. Give fire, push, pay entirely. You can text to give. I encourage you to go and, and look at the website. It, it's been updated. There's some information there. We know the huddle is December the 11th, uh, following the fire experience. And so we're looking forward to having a great time. We love you guys. See you on, well, Monday, Strategy for Success, right? I'll be there. See you Monday for Strategy for Success. And some of you will, if you don't get jump on that, we'll see you on Tuesday, hopefully for prayer. Okay? Oh, and have a great Thanksgiving. We'll see people again. But. So this oh, is Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving week, right? Are we haven't
0: Bible study Wednesday before Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah, I think so. But we haven't Bible study before yeah Yeah. Yes. People okay. need Bible yeah. study. For what for they meet with their families. <laughs> so they definitely, need, they definitely need it. Praise God. I love you Amen. Striving through the storm, go be for real. Amen. Praise God. So we love you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.